What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the best advice ever podcast with your boy, comedian Mike Goodwin. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And as always, we start, or we, I, start each episode with the On the Road Again segment. Fortunately, this past week, I have not been on the road. Uh, We should do some applause right here. Yay! I spent the week at the crib, which I enjoy. I enjoy being on the road, and I enjoy being at home. But I was home this week, and a few things happened. Primarily, my son had his wisdom teeth or two yeah teeth removed so that happened and then we also had the marriage boot camp at our church a right direction church international with bishop herbert bailey and pastor marsha bailey we had two days of maintenance on the marriage so that was that was good to be home to be able to participate in the marriage boot camp. My wife, anytime the marriage boot camp comes around, my wife really emphasizes like we we need to be at the marriage boot camp. We need we need to be at the marriage. It's a little bit it's a little bit offensive. The way she says, she says it with such conviction. We need to be at the marriage bouquet. But, and we do, we do need to be there. And we were there and it was very edifying. It was very informational. It was very educational. And it also gave us, I think, a lot of other couples opportunity to reset. Look at how things are going do we feel good about the direction of our marriage and what areas what areas are we interested in taking a look at and growing and and developing those areas so that was that was good typically what was interesting about that what typically in times past our covid covid's changed a lot of things and and maybe this was even pre-COVID, but we would typically do our marriage conference outside of our city, sometimes outside of the state. And so that would give us an opportunity to hang out with other couples that you don't organically have an opportunity to hang out with it, it, back at home because everybody's in their routine, especially at church. I think that because of the size of church that we attend, it's a, it's a bigger church. We've been there for a while. So when we first attend attended, we were way more interested and even deliberate about establishing 
relationships and getting to know folks and hanging out and going to dinner and those things. Now that we've been at our church for, I would say, 17 years, maybe. Let me think about that because it may even be longer than that because we've been married for 23 years in August and we joined our church relatively early. So we may have been in the church 20 years now. Yeah, I think that may be the number. I need to go and check. We've been there a while. And and so we know the lay of the land. We feel pretty comfortable. We have a routine. So we're not wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. We're not meeting folks for the first time. In, in most case, most cases, we've seen folks. We've been around. And so the newness of being immediate about connecting with couples and 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 growing and developing with others has shifted quite a bit than when we initially joined the church. So we have folks that, you know, I, I call it church, church cool. You're church cool, you know. We church cool. We, we see each other. We have a conversation in the parking lot, but I, I haven't been to their house. And in some instances, we might have even gone out and had lunch and dinner. But I hadn't had you over to the crib. You know, we hadn't watched the game. We hadn't had a, a situation where you called me at night and said, hey, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on the side of the road. Can you come by? You know, those type of bonding activities. You know, they, actually, it's interesting enough. And I'll mention this, the, Jeremy, who, who edits the podcast, who's responsible for the podcast, he and I had known each other. You know, Jer- Jeremy, when I joined the church, he was still young, like he still was in high school. Wow. <laughs> he, so he was one of the teenagers of the church. And then I remember when Jeremy went to college. And again, I think we served in the same ministry and, and we knew, I knew his dad, I knew his mom. There was a familiarity, familiarity, familiarity. See, the words that get me, they get me. Uh, so I think that's my first so also. We're very familiar with one another. But the way that our relationship coalesced, the way that the relationship <laughs> strengthened and developed was Jeremy lost one of my cameras, man. I had a I had a VHS, not a VHS, I like a camcorder that I was taking on the road with me to do my comedy and I would get footage. And I don't know if Jeremy was downloading the footage for me and editing it or he had borrowed the camera. But it was in his possession. So the camera was in his possession. And then it wasn't in his possession anymore. He had to call me and say, hey, man, I lost your camera. Somebody stole your camera. Something. Something happened to the camera. And from there, our relationship shifted from just being familiar to 
well, well, how do we replace the camo? You, so and so now, years later, we're friends, uh, colleagues, and have been working together for for a number of years. But I think that camera incident solidified a relationship that was pretty superficial. And so I, I really do. I, this this could be a whole podcast about church and Christianity. It's how do we move beyond superficial relationships? It's, it's tough. I, I know I'm thinking about somebody in particular at the church who has experienced a life shift and a change and, and things currently aren't the way that they were three years ago. And because of that, relationships have been terminated and this particular person feels as if people have not stepped up or have not been consistent in their relationship with, with them that they have withdrawn. And now the, the relationship that he has with folks has a new dynamic that feels a little, a little bit isolating, isolating, he feels isolated. And I say all that to say it's important to develop a support group around you. And and because we've done that, going to the marriage boot camp is a little bit different, especially when it's in, in, in town, because everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Unless, you know, one thing I noticed that they were couples from a particular campus a smaller campus that were probably a little bit more intentional saying, Hey, let's, let's go eat together. As opposed to folks that lived in town. When, when, when we got a break, it's like Bernie Mac, <laughs> Bernie Mac got a, a joke said with black people at their job. When we break, we break. You got to go looking for us. And so that was an interesting concept when we had a break lunch break at, at the, at the boot camp, and everyone's local. I don't, folks were looking to say, hey, man, where y'all going? You know, if you're out of town, if you're in a different, if you're at a hotel, you don't have anything to go do. Like most folks kind of had it in mind, we take this break. I'm going to run over here and knock these emails out. We're going to run to the house and get the kids situated. You, they already had a kind of a game plan of what to do when the break happened because the boot camp is kind of inserted in our everyday life. And so we took the break. Folks weren't asking, hey, man, where y'all headed? What, what you doing? People knew. They knew they were going, and they knew that pretty much they was going to go with each other. And so I just I just found that to be, to be quite interesting. So we did that. And then also this was the NBA All-Star Weekend. I am an NBA fan. I am a, a longtime NBA fan. Fell in love with the NBA Probably in 1988, 1988, 89, it was the year that the Detroit Pistons won the bad boys, won for the first time. And I think they beat the Lakers, but I need to I need to go back and check that. But I fell in love watching Joe Dumars, Vinnie Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lane Beer, like it was mesmerizing. I was 
I was a basketball guy. I like playing basketball, but I wouldn't have said I was an NBA fan. And I became an NBA fan and that 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 run, that playoff runs, especially when when the Pistons beat the Bulls. So there was an up up upstart. Upstart Chicago Bulls. That's one thing I when we talk about sports, that's why I really don't do a lot of sports talks with people because they don't know what they're talking about. People talk from a very finite window of looking at sports. I can remember of time recently and, and folks were talking about different players getting injured and not, not showing up in the playoffs. I think Paul, Paul, uh, Paul George is a person that people say playoff P kind of, he kind of fades away in the playoffs. I feel that way about the Memphis Grizzlies. I feel like they aren't visible in the playoffs. They, they make a lot of noise in the, all in the regular season. But many people don't talk about how Scottie Pippen used to have migraine headaches in the playoffs before the before the, the Chicago Bulls made that run. Leading up to that, Scottie Pippen would be unable to play because he had migraine. So it wasn't just that Jordan came into his own. It was other players. Scottie Pippen finally started playing playoff games because his head stopped hurting. And I'm not minimizing migraine. But I'll have a sports conversation with somebody and they would have no clue that Scottie Pippen had migraines and were not able to play games. Maybe they didn't even know until the last dance came out. But I was like, come on, man. Stop the cap. That's what young people say, cap. But as it relates to the NBA also, I'm not, I'm not on board. I hadn't been on board for a while. That they the dunk contest and the three-point contest. The three-point contest always is exciting the skill stuff these rooks versus vets all that stuff it friday night i'm kind of iffy on the on the on the nba all-star saturday night three-point contest the dunk contest has been waning in years but mac mccullough whatever he brought it back he brought back the days of old with D Brown and Cedric Sabalos and Vince Carter when it was exciting and you anticipated watching dunk contest. So I, I felt great about that, but the game was trash and I didn't really watch, watch, but it, they didn't attempt to play defense. I mean, I looked at the score this morning and they almost had one team almost had 200 points. I'm just glad it's done. Like, get these guys a break. Have a three-point shooting contest. Have a dunk contest. But maybe the All-Star game needs to change. Maybe that, and, and it's changing. You know, I, I thought the draft was cool. But the game, it, 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 you know, it lost the luster. Giannis didn't play. LeBron didn't play. Kawhi wasn't there. Katie, like, come on, man. Book. Devin Booker, why he's not in the... So, I'm not a fan of the NBA All-Star weekend. Maybe if I was there, maybe I'd have a different opinion. But watching it at the house, I wasn't a big fan. All right, folks. You know, what's interesting, I thought because I wasn't going to be on the road, the segment was going to be very brief. It it wasn't. It wasn't brief. But let's get to the part of the podcast that we all know and love.
It's the best advice ever. Podcast that I'm about to give you the best advice of the podcast is simply understanding this. All money ain't good money. That's some street advice right there. That's some advice. <laughs> I'm gonna share with y'all something I've been doing. I, I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it later in the podcast. Y'all gonna be like, "Oh my goodness, Michael, you've been doing what?" But I've been learning some great things. Matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna compile all the great lessons I've learned by this activity. <laughs> You're gonna be like, "What?" I'm like, "Yep." These guys were spitting game. But today's best advice ever advice is all money isn't good money. And I have a story that goes along with this. So as you know, I'm a stand-up comedian. And I remember as I was growing and developing my, 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 my brand, my comedy career, I remember hitting this spot where I was charging at the time, I think it was $500. At the time, it was $500. I'm not charging $500. As a matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. But you, 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 because I, I even know the date. This was, this was 13 years ago. 13 years ago, I was charging $500. But I'd gotten to $500. Like, so that was, a, that was a journey. I mean, I think I started out making $75, at least 150. I mean, 150 wasn't a rare amount to make when I started doing standup, but I had made it to the place of 500. It was 2010. I had made the place of 500. All money. It's not good money. So I made it to this point of, of, of 500. And so that became the screen in which I vetted folks for potential clients outside of the 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 obvious like I wasn't doing shows that would would be against my belief system so I wasn't doing shows at, at strip clubs I wasn't doing shows at um places where belief my belief system wouldn't line up with what what they had so I you know would have me at a nudist colony doing it stand up Things of that nature, right? But at, at the at the the point of 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 the demarcation of whether or not I did it or I didn't do it was whether you could pay this five hundred dollars that I got, which was short sighted, and and I had an incident that that <laughs> that let me know that oh, that's probably not the only thing we need to be taking a look at. So all money isn't good money. I'd gotten to this point where I was 500. So we get a call from this from this young lady to do her birthday party. She's doing her birthday party at this venue. She saw me at the comedy house. She thought it was hilarious. She wanted me to do the comedy at her birthday party. And so we said, sure, no problem. This is our fee. And again, this 500 was a huge amount as it relates to the gigs and the type of jobs I was doing. I wasn't doing corporate events. I was at that moment probably doing you know the, the standards. Birthday parties, retirement parties, family reunions were up there, receptions of weddings, if, if folks are that progressive, they had a, a comedy 
a comedy segment in their reception. So this one young woman, I think she was turning 30. She may have been turning, you know, 30 and wanted to do this party. She was having a party. It was going to be friends and family. It was going to be in a venue. So we said, yeah, no problem. Here's the amount. She got the amount. She was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. You know, she basically was like, oh, that's more than what my budget. I had budgeted. And she had actually talked to some uh, 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 another comedian in particular I'm thinking about, but maybe even uh, a few people. And this particular comedian had charged maybe half of that. He wouldn't he wouldn't have charging what I was charging. And so we had the conversation and she said, you know, I told this person and he's charging this. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with that. And I was fine. I was like, that's what happens. But this price will attract the type of clients I want to work with. It's going to repel the folks I don't want to work with. So I thought all was wonderful. We were moving along and I get a call back from this woman. And she had been rudimating on it. (laughs) She had been thinking about it. She had been really trying to you want this to be the best birthday party she really wanted me she really wanted me and so she said hey i'll pay i'll pay the amount that you asked for your birthday party now i remember this date i mean i remember a lot of of of, of gigs but all money is not good money i remember this date specifically because this also was the date when the university of south carolina beat the university of alabama number one Alabama at the time was ranked number one. This was, the date was October the 9th, 2010. And I'm a huge South Carolina Gamecock fan, if if you're not not known that. (laughs) But, so I'm watching, I'm listening, I think I'm watching the game. I'm at home because it's maybe a three o'clock kickoff. I think this woman's birthday party started at seven and it was about 40 minutes from Columbia. So it was in a, a, a surrounding area. And I didn't think much of the birthday party. I was pretty, you know, pretty comfortable with what I, I do. I had my sad. I felt pretty prepared. And I felt amazing because I'm listening to this game. I'm watching the game for the most part. I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, man, I need to get in the car. And I need to head on over to the gig because, you know, I want to get there. The gig's at seven. I want to get there less, at least by six. Get there a little early, get a lay of the land. So, at whatever point in the game I'm watching, let's say I watch to halftime, and we're winning. I, I, you know, I think we're winning. It's, it's, it's. We're 19 at at this point. Number 19, South Carolina. Number one, Bama, and and we had. We had the guys. We had Steven Garcia. We had Marcus Lattimore, Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, those were the playmakers. So, I mean, I get ready to go. I'm listening. I'm driving to this something. I say something because, I mean, it's not like somebody's going to come back and be like, oh, that was my show. So, I drove to something because they had this, this party at the American Legion or something. All money is not good money. So, I get, I'm in a parking lot. And I'm listening to the the game, and I'm I, I mean, this is number one Alabama. We we are beating these guys, and the final was thirty five to twenty one. So it wasn't like a field goal; like we put it down, right? I get to the parking lot, 
and I'm listening to the game, and I'm knowing it's about that time for me to go in. And we win. We win the game. I'm on cloud nine. I'm like, what could have been better than, you know, the, to have a, 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 a team win of this magnitude and for me to do a comedy show tonight? Like, I'm, oh, man, my team won. I'm going to go in here. I'm going to do well at this show. It's going to be a great night. And I go in, and I did the exact opposite of what South Carolina did on the football field. I bombed. I bombed so bad. So, so bad. And because of a few reasons. Because all money is not good money. First, this wasn't an event for, it wasn't like it was a church event. It wasn't Christian people. I ain't going to say it wasn't Christian people, but it was, it was a, a grown and sexy event basically at a club so if i would have extrapolated this thing from a birthday party at this venue i just would have been agreeing to do an event at a club she had a dj she had an open bar she had a variety of of family and friends there and this the setup it was not it was not good even how i set up where i came in the show and I, i think in 2010 I said, I've been doing comedy at that point probably five, six years, and maybe I just wasn't seasoned enough. I think I was at the cusp of being seasoned. So I was in that, I was in a scenario where I was like, that could have been better. So it wasn't that I was in over my head. I just didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have the wherewithal to account for what I was getting myself into. And basically what they wanted, not what she wanted, but the audience wanted, was a type of comic to come out, roast people, cuss people out, talk about, yo, where my weed smokers at? Yo, sex, drugs, and alcohol. That was the vibe of like, and that wasn't wasn't who I was. I I wasn't that guy, so I'm here. And I'm in this big old room. The scene is, is is like I'm a mile away from the audience. The DJ's over on the other side. And I go to talking. And I know pretty quickly, hey, this stuff not hitting. Then there's an uncle. That's what happens at a lot of family reunions. There's always going to be one person that's very confrontational. And that prepared me for all other family reunions and birthday parties going forward. But I wasn't prepared in that moment. And there was a person that's like, hey, man, I'm as funny as this dude, or I'm funny. Why you ain't asked me to do this? And so me and this guy, we got into this altercation, an altercation, but verbal exchange, and I was losing. I had no recourse. And it would have been one of the things where had I been more seasoned, I would have been more savvy to do it. But in that moment, I was like, the only thing I could do is cuss this man out. That's why I felt like I was at. I was like, this is a situation where, you know, as a as a clean comedian, you're like, every now and again, you want to get out of jail free card and cuss somebody out. That was one of the moments. And I didn't. So I didn't cuss the man out. He didn't relent. It was bad. All money's not good money. I should have had a little bit more insight on what type of event i was getting myself into and i actually 
sent some of the money back. I actually gave this woman a, 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 a refund. There are two events that I've done that I've, I've, did I send? I think I sent. Now the other people they didn't receive the money, but I sent her. Maybe I wanted to send. Now there's some people I wanted to send the money back, and I didn't send the money back. <laughs> Maybe I wanted to send the money back. I, I think I sent. I think I sent some of the money back. If I'm not mistaken, I think I sent some. I think there's two events. That, I know there's that. No, I know I mailed the check in the other one. I think I gave this lady some money back, but all money isn't good money. And from that point forward, I started realizing, oh, there's some other questions I need to ask about their event other than, hey, can you pay? Because sometimes money is just a distraction. There's some things that I just don't want to do. I'm at the stage where I'm not, I'm not going to do youth events. It's my preference to not do youth events. And if I'm going to do one, you're going to pay me some extravagant amount of money. So it's not even it's not even worth it. Like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna need to be compensated at such a high regard. It, it makes sense to do it. So, all money isn't good money. There are things that you say no to, even though the money looks great, even though the money looks like it was what you've wanted. You know, one of the things I love hearing people say, "They made me an offer I couldn't refuse." Well, you need to refuse it if you know it doesn't align with what you want to accomplish. And so that's the advice for the day. And also remember. When you tell someone no, it gives someone else the ability to hear yes. And that was something that I didn't really understand for a while because it's really hard to tell people no. I'm, I'm, I guess the way I'm set up, I don't want to disappoint people. I want you to like me. I don't want to be in conflict. So I want to say yes. And unfortunately, you can't say yes to every offer because all money Ain't good money, man. Well, thank y'all so much for tuning in, man. This episode went longer than I anticipated, so I can't do the other things. I was going to do the churches of uh, Prime, and I was going to do what you're not going to do. I do need to do what you're not going to do. I'm telling y'all, when I was prepping for this show, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have so much time left at the end of this podcast to do all these. I had the what you're not going to do. Church of Prime, word of the day, word of the podcast. But my time is up. And I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I hope this episode has been edifying. I hope this uh, podcast has been, this episode has been educational and entertaining. I hope you walked away with a little bit more insight and, and inspiration than you had before. Please. Follow me on social media, subscribe, rank, rate the show. Let, let us know about the show. And also follow me if you're not in my if you're not on my list, on my email list, please get on my email list. Just go to MikeGoodwin.com. There'll a pop-up will emerge and you can join my email list. I'm literally in the midst of planning my first tour. We have a, we have like a pre-tour date that's happening on March the 4th in Springfield, Georgia. If you know folks in Springfield, Georgia, that's right outside Savannah, please let them know that Mike Goodwin, the Bowtie Comedian, is headed to town working on a new set, new material. I'm going to have material that you know and love, but I'm working on this, this new set about fatherhood and being a father and my experiences, being a son and what I see as it relates to what – 
what fathers are and their the, the benefits and the challenges and all of those things. So thank you again for tuning in. If you have any questions, just email us at info at comediammikegoodwin.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast with your boy, the Voltaire Comedian, Mike Goodwin. And until next time, 